Okay, okay. Listen to me. Some people hear their own drumbeat. You you know this. You know a little bit about this. You know about Warren Buffett. Uh, look, you, you've seen the wild things about Elon Musk. There's a guy that is on drumbeat, right? You know that some people just see things differently. They have a perspective that is maybe slightly different than yours, and that's okay. Uh, listen, by the way, that's often what makes them interesting. And we have someone today on our podcast that's like this. Now, now listen, grew up with a passion uh, in his ears for radio. And he's had this journey to get where he is, a really kind of interesting journey, which is itself a journey that many want to take but don't know how to do it. That's an ideal person for us to talk with on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. Are you ready? Listen, to enjoy any of our episodes, this is very simple. This is my formula right here. The only thing that you need is to be interested in others and want to grab some thoughts and wisdom about how others are being successful in the radio business right now. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. What you're about to hear will be focused on lifting you up. This show's about you, giving you good advice, hearing the stories of an amazing radio pro right now and uncovering the path forward in radio. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway. Listen, programming consultants have made great contributions to radio for decades. But uh, you know what? It feels like the times have changed and it maybe is time for something totally new. There are generational shifts happening in our business and in other businesses that are threatening the growth of more radio revenue right now. Yes, local radio needs better content. Uh, we need better branding, better coaching for on-air talent, music, research, resources. But let's bump it up so that you can see some money. Pay attention. Sales coaching, sales strategy, and ideas that will help your sales team grow more revenue in the coming months. Here's what we call that, RPC, our practice. Is it actually a multiplier helping local radio generate higher ratings? and revenue to maximize higher results for your efforts on a daily basis. We make your life easier, better, faster, more profitable. Ideas are the new technology. And listen, we're not kidding. Whatever your vision of a consultant was, we're not like that. Today, we work with our clients on branding, revenue, profit, innovation that helps your team actually grow the value of your assets and helps you tell your story better. Our first consultation is free and highly confidential. Reach out anytime. Schedule a meetup by email. So easy. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Listen, we're about to talk to TJ. TJ. Listen, I'll confess I can't even say his last name yet. I'm going to make him do that in a minute. The TJ Show, host of the TJ Show, and I hope to get this right because it involves Gemini and Roman numerals. You, you know, I can't do math. Gemini 13. I think that's it. Here's the bottom line. This guy has launched a syndicated morning show 
that you should probably be aware of. See our full guest calendar all the way into July. We're already booking July right now. You can see the guests coming up, including some spectacular special episodes that we have coming. One of them is going to be on something called Chat, Chat GPT. Not a surprise to you. Everybody's using it. And AI Voices or the AI Century. And we're going to be doing that with Mike McVeigh and with Fred Jacobs. And you do not want to miss this because those two guys, you know, they're going to be on top of the technology and how to bend it to use creativity in this business. You want to know more about our guests coming up and some of the special events, go to rainmakerpathway.com. Look for the free blog section. It's there for you. We don't lock away anything on our site the way some other consultants do. So go to rainmakerpathway.com anytime. See what you can get for free from our team. TJ. Welcome to the Encouragers and the Radio Rally. How are you? Lloyd, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this. I got to tell you, I've been looking forward to this because your attitude is so creative and so focused on what listener experience is now. And that's unusual, I think, especially for a syndicated morning show. You don't think, well, all right, that's not, they're two steps away from, well, maybe you're not two steps away from anything. Maybe you're really focused on listeners. We're going to test that theory. Um, let's do this first, though, right? So I want to go back. And I mean, I want to go way back. Were you really that kid? You know, the one, the one with the headphones plugged into your radio. What was Absolutely. going on here? Yeah. Every single walk to school had a Walkman with headphones plugged into it. And I was trying to capture every single second of my favorite radio shows. And so it started with me waking up earlier than I had to. Um, and I would, before school, listen to my favorite show, pop a tape in the machine, run to school with my headphones on, run back, do the same thing, listen to the tape. It was an obsession. Wait, you, you didn't just listen. Are you telling me you popped the tape in so that you could record what you might miss? Yeah, yeah, I would get upset because uh, sometimes, you know, you'd have that, 45 minutes on each side of the tape and when it would flip over automatically to record the radio show, I'd be upset if it flipped over in the middle of a content segment and not a commercial. It was like the best day when I hit a commercial break. I was like, oh, great. All right. I can get right back to the content. All right. Be honest with me. And by the way, I Your love parents... commercials now, Lloyd. Oh, you do? <laughs> yes. So, so listen, um, your parents, were they a little concerned? Were they looking at you going, I don't know. What do you the, think? The earliest memory that I have of my parents not being okay with me listening to the radio is when mm. I was falling asleep and there was a, a show that would take uh, relationship phone calls. Oh, and it, would, it, would start, it would start to get pretty risque. And I'll, I'll never forget, I fell asleep to that one night and my parents woke me up saying, what are you listening to? But oh, yeah. other, other than that, I was uh, always it was always embraced that I was a fan of the radio. I think my parents were happy that I was just busy with something. And they were also both really big radio fans. Oh, I'm sure they were great. I know what show you're talking about. And I'm sure if I had a little kid and he's in there doing that, I'm like, Oh, what's happening. <laughs> so listen, tell me about your first experiences with radio, because I think the longer, look, the longer you're in this business, the more you forget. Yeah, what that is really like. What fascinated you about, you know, radio when you were a kid? 
I think the initial fascination was that you could talk for a job. And yeah. that that was really fascinating to me. And of course, you see it through a little kid lens and you go, wow, that sounds like an easy job. And it sounds really fun. Mm -hmm. And then I would say the other part of it, which was a, a mix and maybe like a foreshadowing of where I eventually land in the radio, was I always loved playing with my mom's tape recorder. She used to have this old tape recorder in her office, and I was so fascinated that you could hit record, record something, and then play back your voice, and it would just be there, and you could play it back as many times as you wanted. So when you pair those two together, the idea of like just talking into a microphone, and that's a job, and then the technical side... I just started falling more and more in love with it every, every step I took towards it. All right. Look, some people will already be like, look, stuff was really weird when TJ was little, like TJ was seeing the world in a totally different deal. Like I see all these kids seeing you with the Walkman on ready to beat you. Right. <laughs> you know how kids can be so brutal. I can see them wanting to poke fun or whatever. Maybe that didn't happen to you. But listen, at 13, things get even more different. You discovered morning talk shows. Now, I'm going to slow my roll here a little bit. You know the numbers on this, right, TJ? It's a 35-plus game. What happened to you, 13 years old, in regards to the experience of morning talk shows? Yeah, I so I discovered the radio in the entertainment sense through the Howard Stern show. And so oh, I, I discovered his movie when I was a little kid and I turned it on for all the wrong reasons. And I found myself getting really fascinated by the story. And I actually didn't know that there was such a thing as entertainment talk radio. The only mm. uh, inter introduction that I had to radio was what my parents listened to, which were sports and politics. So I'd go outside to the garage. My dad would have the radio on and it all just sounded so boring to me. Hearing Howard's show, you go, wait, these guys are telling jokes and they're having fun. And that was what drew me into it was the fact that there was this show. It's its job was to be funny and entertaining. And then they right. would start to bring up these interesting discussions. And I just found myself captivated by it. Let, let's let me make a stop here. As long as you mentioned Howard Stern, it's funny. Right. And I'm trying to figure a, a safe way to say what they're famous, what Howard Stern was famous for originally. OK, which. I don't know how sure. to say this any, any other way, so I'll just say it was a dick joke. Okay, so there it is. I said it. But now, don't you feel like he is one of the elite interviewers on the planet? I think what makes him so interesting, and I don't know this for sure, but it, he just seems like a guy who cares about mastering his craft. And so I actually don't listen to his show as much as I used to when I was a kid. And I, um, I'm not as familiar with his show today but i do of course hear interviews from time to time and pop in every once in a while and i think he's one of the very best who's ever done it and part of what makes him so great is he can share emotion and his heart better than almost anyone that i've heard and i think that people have just connected with him over the decades and he continues to do that better and better you know our our producer joe kelly uh, we had a conversation today about mastery, about how hard uh, some of us work because it's part of who we are and what we think this is to be interesting in broadcasting. People who do the work, 
I'm going to take sort of a left turn and go back with you again, because you do something else here that I think is interesting. Let's talk about volunteering. Okay. Hmm. You volunteer in radio in high school. What in the, what does that mean? Yeah. You so, so I hit a certain point where I go, okay, I'm listening to so much radio and I would really love to do this for my job. That would be a dream. And I have no idea how to get into that lane. And I asked a bunch of people a million questions. How do you think I could do this? Is there any way? And somebody shared brilliant advice. They said, why don't you call every single college radio station in your area and see if any one of them needs any help? And by the grace of God, there was one radio station. It was WFDU in Teaneck, New Jersey. They called me back and they were like, yeah, you can run our public affairs programming. Uh, and it was on Sunday mornings. My mom would wake up at four in the morning. She would drive me to the radio station, drop me off at five, pick me up at 10 at the end of my shift. And then eventually that turned into her dropping me off at five and picking me up uh, at five at night. And I just got so much time at this radio station. They were so kind to eventually give me a key to the place. And I spent every possible minute that I could there. Um, and then what was interesting is in my senior year of high school, the high school guidance counselor had a conversation with me and said, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? I said, well, actually, I'm already doing it. I'm working at this college radio station. And she turned her head and said, how did that happen? Exactly the question you just asked. <laughs> and I right. said, I just made a bunch of phone calls. And to her credit, she came alongside me and said, we want to support you in this. And so how would you feel about doing a seventh period lunch and an eighth period study for your senior year? And after that sixth period, you can leave and go at the radio station and go to the radio station oh. and hang out. And so I, I had tremendous support that I am just so grateful for because it literally made this opportunity happen for, for this radio career that I have now. And when your parents had to be seeing this and at some point they had to go, oh, yeah, of course he's doing that. Right? Yeah, I think it's funny because I think back to when I first told my parents I want to do radio and my dad just he shrugged his shoulders and said, OK. And he's told me now when I came to him and said that he was like, that sounds insane. <laughs> I guess I'll let him play around with it for a little while. But he was always supportive. And honestly, one of my fondest memories was for my, I think it was my 16th birthday, I had been volunteering at this college radio station and I found out what a mixing board was. Like you could actually have one at your house. And I said, dad, I really want a Mackie mixing board for my birthday. And he go, he didn't skip a beat. He said, sure. And, and we went to this local music shop. It was Victor's house of music. We walked in and I pointed to the one that I wanted and he looked it over and it was a reasonable price. And he go, okay, sure. You can get this. And they always supported me every single step of the way. Um, I would say that the only speed bump that I had uh, was it was a little bit of a non-traditional route. So my mom was, I'm sure, wondering, and my dad was wondering, like, well, is this really going to turn to something? They were probably a little bit concerned, but mm -hmm. always supportive. And I'm just what so did, thankful. What did, what did these people do for work? these parents of yours. <laughs> so my dad is a window contractor and he does great work. He's an old time craftsman and, and really cares about the craft and doing a great job with it. Mm. And my mom is a social worker and, and works with oh, people wow. in a hospital. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So who officially hired you? Now that's where they give you money. Right. Good job. Who officially <laughs> hired you for pay at radio? Yeah. So the college job 
led to an internship with Elvis Duran in the morning show. And I worked a first semester with them. And it was actually during the summer of my high school senior year. So I just got out of high school. I was 17 years old, just turning 18. And because I was able to get college credit through the broadcast department at Fairleigh Dickinson University, um, they were able to work it out that I could intern there as a 17-year-old. And so I, I had that first semester, then that turned into two more semesters. And by the third semester, they were willing at Clear Channel at the time, they were willing to hire me as a phone op. And so I would do my three days of interning during the week. And then my first paid job was right there in, in Jersey City, answering request lines. And uh, I would be there with all the weekend hosts answering calls. And that's where it started as far as pay goes for me. TJ, I will say that that job at iHeartMedia may not exist anymore. I don't uh, know. Listen, <laughs> I don't know. Right? Sure. I want to make sure that you really hear what I'm about to ask you. I'm listening. We're hearing your story as a kid. Did you have any choice about going into radio or doing something else? Like, was that ever, was there ever a moment where you're like, I should maybe look at this. <laughs> I've always had my eyes for as long as I can remember thinking about a career i've always had my eyes on radio but as far as option goes and did i have a choice yes i did i mentioned my dad is an amazing window contractor and he had me work with him a couple of summers and it was always just sort of assumed that at some point that's what i would be doing i'd be, I'd be oh, installing well, that's next and, for you. yeah right and during those summers you know there's there's a quote by thomas hobbs hell is truth seen too late <laughs> and I saw the hard work my dad does every day as a contractor. Oh, and man. I it sunk in. And I thought, well, this is going to be every day for me unless mm -hmm. I figure out something else. And so that was where I really running started running towards what was my dream at the time to do radio. And I think it honestly fueled me. And I'm so grateful that my dad made me work with him those two summers. So, yes, I think that was probably the other option. And um, and I love the work that he does. I admire contractors, but I still ask my dad to hang my pictures because I don't want him to see me holding a hammer. I think he's going to say, all right, get in the truck. We're going mm. to work. Oh, right. Because he'll like <laughs> he'll be like, oh, this is opportunity. I yeah. get TJ in the truck and then everything will be fine. Right. Um, I, listen, I always tell there's two things about not being in the radio business that are important for all of us in radio. I tell this to clients all the time, and it usually comes in this flavor. We don't have emergencies in the radio business. And do you know how you can tell? Because we BS for work. That's what we do. Like, we're not heart surgeons. You know, nobody on the morning show is going to hook this wire to the wrong wire in somebody's brain. And then you're going to have lawyers and stuff. We don't have that. We also don't have hammers and stuff like generally we don't do that kind of stuff either. Right. Listen, you did a lot of things in radio before jumping on the air, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I think my entryway, as I think back on the different paths that I've been on, my entryway to getting on the air was being in the production room. And mm. that was where the majority of my my time was spent before I got on the air. And then when I got on the air, I always kept the production 
part of what I do and my skill set as as a strong foundation that I'm convinced has propelled me throughout all these years that I've been doing this. It, it was such an important part, and I didn't realize it at the time. Initially, I was only in the production room because I thought it would get me on the air, and it actually wound up being a thing that sustained me on the air. Uh, and even when uh, there was a period of time where I was out of work, the production side of it sustained me. So um, that was the majority of what I spent my time doing. I've talked to a lot of people and obviously I've been doing this a long time too. And, and I have my own unique experience. Yours is totally unique. How you got in this business. I feel like you did it the hard way. I mean, you did it the hard way. You kind of jimmied up a career in radio through going, I am going to figure out how to get on this vehicle. And then I'm going to have to figure out how to get to the microphone. Now I'm going to bring up something different. Elvis Duran. Just tell us, how did that happen? Uh, you're Listen, you're co-hosting with Elvis. What did you learn from that experience? Yeah, well, the first part, how did it happen? I think it was just a lot of years of working nonstop. And uh, when I mentioned that phone op job that I had, it, it was really unique that after my phone op shift on a Saturday would be done, uh, it would be about two o'clock in the afternoon. All of my friends were away at college. I had no social life whatsoever. And I decided, well, let me just hang out in the studio. And so I asked them for their permission. Do you mind if I play around in the studio on the weekends? And they said, yeah, sure. No one's in there. As long as no one's using it, go for it. And so I started using that time to edit up best ofs and uh, Monday morning would come around and all this work would be done. And eventually the producers, they became really big advocates <laughs> to get me hired. And I bet they and, did. so I, I think that was how it happened. And, um, and I'm so grateful for for the way that they truly embraced me being there and were cool with it and um, and wanted me to be there more. And then the other question, how did I become one of the co-hosts? Yeah. It, it blows my mind and it's surreal even looking back on it that that happened. But um, I eventually, you, know, you hang around somebody like Elvis long enough who always tells you, go for your dreams and pursue your dreams and you start to think, well, maybe I should pursue my dreams. And like hosting a morning yes. show was this far out thing that I never thought. I just wanted to be around a radio station when I first started. I thought that was enough. But then I thought, well, maybe I should be thinking about going for the big dream. And I was offered a morning show in a small market in Georgia. And I took that offer. I went back to Elvis and I said, hey, is this what I need to do to host a morning show? And and I was really grateful that he would allow me to be so honest with him and and not hide mm -hmm. anything from him that I wanted to do this. And he said, well, you can do that. Or uh, we're actually going to have a co-host position on the show that I, I would love to get <laughs> to if you want to keep this job. And I said, yeah, well, Elvis, which one do you think I should do if I want to host a morning show? And he said, well, I, I mean, I'd recommend staying here. And so I listened to him. I turned down that job in Georgia. And then from there, it led into about three years where I got to sit there and and be a part of that crew, which was incredible. And, um, you know, before that, to dial back a little bit, you said, what did I learn from Elvis? I feel yeah. like I learned so much. And it's one of those things you can never pay him back for that because he right. was really generous with his wisdom and the way that he navigated that show to a point where when I was having some conversations with him, I would ask him, like, how do you think I could actually do this? Like, how can I be a morning show host? And he said, well, why don't you just watch 
when you're done with your work and, and ask me any questions that come to mind. And so I would literally do that. I would go into the studio, take notes, knock on his door after the show and say, hey, why'd you cut off this caller at this time? Or why did you move on this segment? He would actually sit there and talk to me about it. So he uh, was such an incredible part, a, a really important part of me even being able to figure out how to get my footing with being a host. And that was incredible. I, I loved being a part of that show. This part of the show is brought to you by Elvis Duran. It's a really cool guy. Listen, you, you all know it's true, though, right? When when people are willing to give to you, I mean, man, he deserves that sponsorship. <laughs> he deserves us to say that was really cool. Listen, he was great you, to me. You already mentioned Howard Stern. I'm from the South, but I started radio in California. You are from New Jersey, if I'm reading if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly. To Southerners, New Jersey is New York. I know that's not true. I know. But was it different to grow up listening to radio in the New York sphere of influence for you? Was that different? Did that that changed you, right? I don't I don't know how to answer that because I don't know anything other than or I didn't know anything other than New York radio at that time. But looking back on it, yeah, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it was a huge difference growing up in New York. But it's interesting when you grow up in the New York area. Um, it's really easy to think that New York radio is the only thing going on. And then as right. you start to look outside of that area, you go, oh, actually, there's a lot of great radio going on all over the place. And there's mm -hmm. a lot to learn from so many shows across the nation. And so I was sort of trapped in a bubble in, in New York radio. And I love New York radio. And I love listening to it growing up. But I just I wish I had discovered more shows outside of New York at that time, because I think it would have had an even deeper influence on me. I want everybody to understand that, A, you have a syndicated morning show. We're not ready to talk about that just yet. Um, and and look, uh, I've never done what I'm about to do on this podcast right now. I'm going to ask you to give us one down experience and one up experience that that has happened to you in this business. Because people, they see people doing things. And I mean, look. Some people are going to see you and go, wow, he's got a syndicated show. Wow. You know, here's what people do. They say, oh, it's always been golden for them. They never had any disappointments. Tell us a disappointment or down experience in your career and maybe what you've learned and then tell us something awesome that has happened. Yeah, I think the first experience is a down experience that comes to mind is there was a time where I was considered a, for a New York City morning show host position. And I thought for sure that I was going to get it at that time. This was years ago. And I didn't get it. And it really bummed me out. And what's interesting is looking back on that opportunity, had I gotten that job at the time that I thought was right to get that job, yeah. I'm almost 100% convinced I would have blown up my entire career. It was the wrong thing for me. And yet I thought it was right. So yes. it's interesting how sometimes our own plan is not the best plan for us. And I'm really right. grateful looking back on it that, it didn't work out. Um, but at that time, it was definitely a really big disappointment. And then the big up experience or the one that comes to mind where I was like, wow, I can't believe this is real life. What's happening? When CBS radio hired me to take over the Boston morning show, that was just like, what? How is this even happening? And they gave me that opportunity and it felt like it was a really intense interview process and I got it. And it was a lot of mixed emotions because it was a time that 
I decided to leave Elvis's show and it, there was a lot going on, but it was very exciting. And I, I just met my wife, Jess, right around that time. And we moved oh. up to Boston together. And so <laughs> she became much more important than the radio career, which was hard to believe that was ever going to happen Good for you. Good but, for uh, you. But she, you know, that whole time was just, it was just really exciting. So I, I would say when I think of like, what's the up, that was, that was it. That was like, whoa, I can't believe we're actually doing this. Okay. So we talk about New York and now you, you mentioned the B word. So I'm going to talk about it. Let's talk about that environment. Okay. Boston, tell me what was that experience like? What part of it? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I think, I, all right, I'll play that game. Uh, I'm leaving Elvis Duran. Elvis yep. has been really good to me. Yep. He has mentored me. He has said, don't take this, stay here, do this. But now I'm going to have to go out on my own. CBS radio has said, hey, why don't you do Boston? You just do a Boston morning. Yeah, just go ahead. You know, that's all intense. And yep. then you have the experience. You walk through the door. You create that show. You do that show. There's got to be things where you went. You look back and you go, eh, that was a mistake. I didn't do that right. Or, oh, yeah. or, maybe, or maybe you go, man, this was really cool stuff. What was that experience like? I think when you first jump into a hosting position, when you've never been in it before, you have quite a few wake-up calls. And it's from a performance standpoint, and then also from a managerial standpoint, a leadership standpoint. Mm. I, I had so many moments where I thought the lights were on, and I walk and, and I realize, oh, nope, these lights have been off for a while, better turn these on. And it's amazing how it, it took other people and those people sharing resources with me to walk me through that time because I just didn't have all the answers at oh, all. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Is this sort of like, let's say that we're not talking about radio. We'll erase it all. Okay. And now you're Tom Hanks for a minute. Okay. Oh, now I've done a thing. Only you got bit parts. So you're doing bit parts in something and you're like, oh, I think I know what this acting thing is. And then you get your first starring role. And the responsibility is so much more. Is that yeah. what Boston was like? Oh, absolutely. It was this intense training being thrown into the fire and having to figure out, like, well, what do you do? And I, I didn't get everything right, for sure. And then you eventually realize, okay, well, it's impossible to get everything right. And you don't have control over everything. So right. you've really got to learn how to navigate these really complex spaces. And this isn't any industry, but mm -hmm. it's about gathering the tools to do the job right. And that started to slowly happen. And I'm really grateful for that time. I'm really grateful for the people that I worked for. They were really good to me. And it was mm -hmm. a wonderful experience. And then also just on a personal side, being in Boston and uh, living there with my wife, Jess, having all of our babies mm -hmm. in Boston, we have such an affection for New England. It is a place that we're constantly trying to find excuses to get back to. I feel like we have multiple oh, wow. homes. We have, um, and I just mean, you know, visiting. I, I'm open to being anywhere long term. Right now, where we are is great. But, um, you know, we feel like we have multiple homes. We have a season of our life that was in New York City. We have a season in our, our, nice. our life that was Boston. And so uh, it was really wonderful. Every, uh, just never could have foreseen there'd be a time where I'd live in Boston, but the seven years that we were there was absolutely beautiful. Man, Boston is its own place. I mean, yeah, I have never even vis visited Boston, and I oh, can tell you got to go. 
That's a place. That's a place. That's a region of the country to itself, right? Yeah. At the same time, there people are there and people are people. And so it's funny because they they have a reputation. You go, oh, New England's so cold with the way people treat you if you're coming in as an Mm. outsider. Well, isn't that every group of people for the most part? Aren't most people cold to whoever's new coming in? And we met so many lifelong friends there. We we just totally prove that wrong and uh, they can say that they don't accept outsiders all you want but they do they're awesome people up there all right so now comes the price of having to focus and force yourself into this interview process with me i want you to lean in now syndication that's a dream for a lot of morning show talents not just you there are a lot of people i mean i have this conversation all the time with with clients, with other people, I have talents who call me and go, how do I do it? How do I do it? I want to know why you and why now, TJ? It's a really good question. I think I was okay with not having it. I got to a point where it was okay if I never worked in radio again. And when I left Boston and I was watching what was happening to the industry, I I just had this deep down feeling that there weren't a lot of places that were investing in doing a radio show. And I love the radio so much. You heard my story, how I fell in love with it. I think that there's still, I know that there's still an audience that is tuning in to the radio every single day. And it's one thing to abandon the technology that is delivering the audio, but to abandon the audience is a different level of bad in my opinion and i know that everyone's not doing that there are a lot of great radio companies and a lot of people are serving the audience but i just i kept getting phone calls from different companies in that time between boston and what i'm doing now where they would say hey we want to set up a morning show and i'd be like great what does the staffing look like and it'd be some version of well we're going to hire you as the host and you're going to get a co-host who does all your social media. And then one of the stations said, well, we're going to give you a shared producer. And I said, well, what's a shared producer? And they said, right? well, this producer produces three different morning shows at once. And so oh. I said, I'm not going to get back into radio if they're not investing. And of course, I'm so thankful for all of the consideration and all of those conversations that they were even thinking of me. That's awesome. Now, now, TJ, when they said that thing about the producer that does the three different morning shows, did you envision in your head that little tire that they used to give you that little spare tire when you didn't get a whole tire that you got just a tire and it said, you know, don't, don't run this more than 25 miles. <laughs> no, I, I was thinking, work out. I was picturing somebody on like a unicycle spinning a million plates going down the That's hallways it. from one show to the next. And I'm thinking, I want to yeah. hire that person who can produce three morning shows at once. That's actually yeah. really impressive. But I just couldn't, I didn't want to get back into radio if they weren't going to really pour their love and their passion into mm. doing a show for the listeners. So I, kept turning down opportunities or these conversations would fizzle out because I was almost interviewing them to mm-hmm. say, is this going to be right? Like, are we good thinking for, about good this? for you, by the way, but good I for was you at, for interviewing I, them. I was at peace either way. And mm-hmm. that's when just holding out for a period of time, that's when this opportunity to start this show in syndication came up and what they were saying sounded really good. They wanted to invest in a radio show. They wanted to mm-hmm. do a radio show um, and of course, not ignore digital, but not do digital at a way that neglects the radio audience. 
And all that stuff sounded really good to me and led from one conversation to the next. And I'm really grateful that they decided they wanted to do this. And it's been great so far. All right. So these next questions are kind of rapid fire. And again, just more pressure for you. Uh, Congratulations. You've gotten yourself on the on the hot seat. You know, I'm going to talk about people who are looking for syndicated morning shows. People, um, uh, when they look at syndicated shows, they want to hear they're dependable. Uh, This show was a good fit for X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Right. I don't want to know that as much. And here's why. I know that you're working with Scotty. That means to me. That's right. I know you're good if you're working with him. Okay. Anybody who knows him in this business knows what an absolute nut he is. And (laughs) anybody would love to have him helping them. Okay. I want to know one thing about your show, though, that might surprise me, might surprise other people. Well, I think that Scotty is a is a fine human being, and he, there was one time where he was tapping on a programmer's window on the weekend, and that was that of was course. the line where we said, hey, "You know what? Why don't we back off a little bit?" But I I love him. Um, no, no, he would say, "Was it? Was that across the line, really?" <laughs> um, okay, so your question is, uh, sorry, Wait, I, 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 yeah, look, it's really simple, right? I want to know something that might surprise us about the 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 tj show you know because it's different right it's you yeah i i think what's really different and i don't mean to say this in a way that's offensive to other syndicated Mm -hmm. shows because there are a lot of great syndicated shows out there but for what we're doing we are i know i love your consultant you love talking about filters right like what's the filter that you're putting the show through and our filter is always we want to serve the listener and so our goal is to create a show that a parent can listen to in the front seat and a kid in the back seat wants to actually unplug their iPad to listen to what the parents listening to. And they both agree on a radio station. And to me, that is being the new shock jock because that's so shocking. So we are setting out to be that show where a programmer can put us on and they can trust that we're putting our show through that filter. And that's what's seemingly working for us at this moment. It's the kind of show that I want to do. And it's not always the show that I wanted to do, but I think once you have kids and your world oh, changes, uh, you. changes upside down and I, yeah, I can't yeah. help but have my, my heart's in a different place now. And, and I really enjoy this and I like doing this kind of a show. And so I think compared to what's going on in a lot of different spaces, I think we're different. We're also, I'm always trying to figure out how do we encourage people? You, you know, you're doing this encouragers podcast, which I think is an amazing gift to the industry. Um, there are so many people who are so discouraged every single day and they're turning that radio on. And it's like, well, what are we going to do with that time? This is a precious moment. That's almost impossible to make happen anymore. Where someone's turning on a radio station, you've got them there. It's like, well, what are we going to do with that? Are we going to promote our Instagram page and tell people to follow (laughs) us on Facebook? Uh, Are we going to try to jack up those numbers or are we going to serve that listener in that moment? And I'm dedicated at this point to making sure that we make the decision to serve them every time. And you said, well, what's something that you wouldn't know about our show? At least at this point, we're about 60 shows in at the time of this Mm -hmm. interview. And I haven't even mentioned my personal social media accounts on the air once because I, I, I know it sounds weird and that's not my goal with this project. It's not to build up my personal social media audience. It's to 
serve the listener and make sure that we're right. coming through and giving them a show and making them feel better after they turn the show off. I, I am going to slide this in only because of the, a couple of things that you've said. I mean, first back there, just a little bit in this interview, you can run this back and listen to it again. When he's talking about, we had all our babies in Boston. I mean, that's the humanity of you, right? I'm going to use this phrase. I stole this from somebody. Let me know if you recognize it. A daily radio show that still sees hope in humanity. Where's that come from? That's you. Well, that that's I, I think that people are. Well, let me back up. I think people have way more in common than what the media likes to point out. That's right. And and somehow the media has found a way to monetize this division and negativity yes. and darkness and it's Imagine like okay that. so here i'm i'm blessed in this season to have a radio show that there are people working for the show that believe in the show there are people working on the show every day with me in the studio that care about radio and care about that person that's turning the show on well what are we going to do are we going to feed into that uh, no i'm not and so if i don't fit in anymore then that's fine then i'm not i'm not going to be working in this space anymore but for as long as I'm given this opportunity to be able to do the show, I want to use it for something different than what everyone else, or not, I shouldn't say everyone, but what a lot of different entities and a lot of social media scrolls are saying. And then um, that's just something that I feel really strongly about. And I think people mm -hmm. are looking for that, whether they know how to put that in words or not. Listen, uh, here's, here's one that I hope will be easy for you. Honestly, if, if you were giving advice to somebody who wants to follow in your footsteps, now keep in mind, they might not have started by putting their headphones in and, and doing the whole sure. walk to school and all that. But if, if you want to give advice to somebody who wants to follow in your footsteps, what do you think you would like to share with them most? So there are three things that come to mind on that. Um, one, I think getting a strong production foundation just from a technical side is a great choice. It's helped me throughout my entire radio career. Um, and I guess I can only share the most impactful things that I've learned. And then if it's helpful, use mm -hmm. them. And if not, toss them. The other thought that comes to mind is before looking at other people and what's the problem with everyone else, I had to figure out what's going on in my own heart. You know, I had people who came alongside of me, coached me, provided me with resources to help me become more self-aware. And that changed my life. That yes. was one of the most impactful. I mean, it's weird. It's almost like it found me somehow. I, right. I was able to um, come across, oh, oh, maybe this is a this was something going on in my heart. And I better address that first before I start looking at everyone else. And so I would definitely recommend if there's a way to get there, that's awesome. And I'm still working on that. And then the last part is that, you know, I think of when I first started in this business, and I think it's a lot of position chasing. You're looking for more money. <laughs> you're, you're looking right. for more influence. And it's a disappointment to realize that that's not what we're searching for. That's temptation. We're looking for something else to fill that that longing for more. And if you can figure out what that is, then I think you found the true freedom and peace that we're all looking for. Yes. Listen, I, I'm going to slip this in right before I, I give you a real doozy of a question. People want connection. 
we all have these smartphone devices, right? They have more computing power than NASA had when they put man on the moon, which is scary to think about, right? But but people are more disconnected than ever. You talked about the social media thing, all of the impression management that goes on the social media, that's not real. Radio's opportunity is to be real right now. That's connective. That's the power of companionship, the power of the power of empathy. Listen, nobody knows the future, but what do you think the future of radio looks like? And what is the future that you would like to see for radio? It's hmm. a really good question. Um, so my wife and I moved into a house in the middle of the woods, and mm -hmm. that house was beaten down. It was old. It had mold in it. And oh, uh, no, no, but but this was before we bought it. So then this contracting crew comes in and they rip out all the walls, they strip it down to the studs and they rebuild it to make it this beautiful home. And we're so grateful to be in this home. And the, the thing about radio is that I feel like it is that old house sometimes where yeah. you go, okay, you can't rip out the foundation. You can't rip out the studs and which is the companionship that you mentioned, the listener connection, but you can rebuild the stuff around it that, that makes it fit into today's world and makes it right. this desirable home to move into or this place to be. And I think it's gotta be thought of in that way. And if people start thinking about how do we update this house it's going to be a place people want to be in. And, and so you got to go back to like, what holds this house up? It's that strong foundation. It's the studs. It's the listener connection. It's the connecting with people. It's encouraging people. It's making people feel better when they turn the radio on rather than just feeling like, oh, it's another one of these media outlets that's just spewing this or spewing that. Yeah, that, That's my opinion on it. That's what I feel the, the industry needs to do to survive. And there are a lot of radio companies that are doing a great job at that. Um. And then the future I would like to see is I would just, I would love to see the audience feel like, yeah, you know what? There is something different about this radio that is different. Podcasting is great. I love podcasting. I do podcasting. Love it. But it is mm -hmm. different than being a broadcaster. And it is different than, uh, I know this is like, it, it's, it's such, such a crazy conversation to just throw into all the other noise. Like, how do we solve the industry's problems? Like, it's a, it is a big problem. But I think we've got so many talented people in it still. We've got so much passion for radio in it. And, and as long as we keep harboring those people who really care, I think you're going to start to see things change. And we're seeing things change. So I don't think it's this far out idea that radio can still be a destination where people want to tune in and they get something different than all the different audio that's out there. All right. Now I'm going to hit you with this right now. And this is not planned. Give me the dot com to reach your show. It's the TJ show.com. You know, that's very clever what you did there. You know, it's very simple. The TJ show.com. Anybody can do it. TJ, I want to thank you for being our guest today. Well, thank you for having me, Lloyd. I'm honored that you even asked me to be a part of this. And it's great talking to you. I've had a couple conversations with you. I love the way you think. I love your heart for radio and encouraging the industry. It's so easy to get discouraged in so many different ways inside the industry and outside the industry. So I love the name of the podcast and the fact that you're setting out to show people that there is still an awesome industry out there 
and there are people waiting to be entertained and to be encouraged and uplifted. So very well done on your part. Thank you so much. Uh, it is a passion to uncover for people and expose people for who they are. And let me tell you who they are. The people who create radio, in my opinion, are some of the best people on the planet. They're some of the most creative, some of the most passionate, and I'm grateful that you made the time to do this on, on today. You know, uh, it just is, it, it's a big deal when you make time for stuff like this. Listen, get more free resources to help your sellers anytime with our encouraging sales success series inside the free blog at rainmakerpathway.com anytime we're here to encourage radio pros at all levels yes that includes your salespeople. remember if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the encouragers the radio rally podcast email me so super easy f-o-r-d at rainmakerpathway.com we hope you have a great week like we say at rainmaker pathway and on the radio rally once you have a radio station you can't get anything else you want you think i'm kidding you don't know what i'm talking about you'd like to hear me explain it in more detail this is my passion call me i would love to share this with you we want to thank our special guest for this podcast episode tj the tj show host of the tj show gemini 13 it doesn't matter it's a syndicated show just call and get it for being our patient and giving guest a very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available in seconds because he's so lightning fast with this. And JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing the podcast. Please, please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio and radio. Anyone can subscribe for free. It's so easy. We're not keeping it to ourselves. You can subscribe for free on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast podcast. If you don't remember anything from this podcast, sorry, TJ, uh, please remember this, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being part of the Radio Rally and the Encouragers. Now go have a great week.